0: Despite the other women, I always made love to Ava as if she was the only one.
1: Despite the other podcasts, I always want you to listen to spoilers as if we're the only one. This is Spoilers. This is Lord of War Spoilers. <laughs> what?
2: I hear you can do a good Nick Cage impression, Josh. Yeah, you were warming up before the pod.
1: Yeah, it got mixed reviews. I decided not to go ahead and dive into that. It had good bones. No, I didn't even practice that. (laughs) It was just a joke. Anyway, this is spoilers. Welcome. We're going to be talking about the 2005 movie, Lord of War. It's a Nick Cage vehicle. Um, Do you guys want to go east to weast or or Westeros to east leastest? What are you guys thinking tonight? Westeros to Eastus. That's what you want to do, okay? You we s- always go east to east. Let's switch it up. We'll go Westeros to Eastus, Kylo. Before you say like where you're recording from, I just wanted you to talk about Morbius. Uh, he's in this movie. <laughs> You've had this weird thing. I don't know if you call it like a um, a bit, but I- can you just explain your stance on like Morbius for real, and then maybe a little bit what you think about Jared Leto in this movie as your opening question play the music i want morbius
0: not less are you sure i guess because i'm gonna lose
3: my mind i
0: want morbius not less are you sure i guess gonna lose my mind when he says the line it's, time. Oh, it's,
4: it's morbid, morbid time
0: it's morbid time buy out the theater i'm bringing all
3: my friends
2: It's Morbin time! (laughs) Mastodon! No. (laughs) Hi, this is Corey, recording out of Simi Valley. You said to say that later, but that's fine. Also called Kylo Ren memes. You know, yeah, Jared Leto's in this movie. That's an interesting thing. He is a meme, and he's a meme from Morbius, I think. You know, it, it took him... 50 years on earth to become a meme. I don't think Jared Leto was ever a meme. He was kind of like a joke, right? And people like kind of cringed at him. And he's a cult leader. And apparently he's a weirdo. And uh, Steve told me that he's been accused of some pretty heinous crimes. But I like this era of Jared Leto Morbius. Pre-Morb Leto is pretty fucking good. There was a time in my life when I was like, you know what? This Jared Leto guy, he's one of the greats. I was kind of like... Leaning that direction, you know, if he had like a few more movies like Dallas Buyers Club, I would have been, I would have been on this dude's side definitely, but somewhere along the line, sometime after Mr. Nobody or Dallas Buyers Club, he, he just got really fucking weird. And then his movies got weird and bad. And then he did the Joker thing and really overplayed that, you know, the, the Joker thing was very famous where like, he was sending used condoms to his uh, fellow actors like in the mail or some shit because he was constantly in character cuz he's a fucking method actor this guy. Fucking cringiest shit. Ever since then it's really been downhill. It's weird to think that he's 50 years old now cuz he's still a very handsome man, but oh, God, uh you know, yeah. you can see the baby face in this movie for sure.
4: I don't I find it hard to blame him for Batman uh from Suicide Squad being a mess when they Propped him up like he was a big deal and they cut like 90% of his scenes.
2: He still acted like a douche, though, no matter how many scenes he got. Yeah. Yeah. But let's move to the middle of the country. Got Pappy. My question for you,
1: Pappy, is just I-, I asked you to do some spoilers lore research. Oh, yeah. Can you give us the update on who's the king of spoilers? I assume it's still a C3PO and just like. I don't know. Anything else you found out? We have Ian Holm, who I know has been in a lot of spoilers movies, and Nick Cage, who's been in quite a few. What's the rundown?
5: Yeah. So, we have two six movie clubbers in this movie, Ian Holm, which he has 114 six? acting credits on Letterboxd. Uh, and, of course, Nick Cage, who Josh, should do a great impression of. You should really bust that out as Great Bones. Um, he has Rex. 123 credits on Letterboxd. That's just, so just from insane, last month, isn't it? I think so, yeah, Uh, but we've done six of each, and Josh, to your delight, I knew you already knew this, but we have a new king of spoilers, and he's all about family, (laughs) Vin Diesel, obviously king of spoilers.
1: I didn't want to believe that it was true, but Anthony (laughs) Daniels was the king of spoilers for like four years running.
5: It was way too long. Yeah, I think we just posted it on our Instagram, but it's pretty much the exact same list. If you've been in a lot of Spider-Man movies or
2: Fast and Furious movies, (laughs) you'd dominate (laughs) Spoilers. (laughs) spoilers. <laughs> Let's not forget though, Vin Diesel is in like the Avengers movies Guardians, as Groot yeah. and that kind of slips under the radar. Like people forget that he plays Groot. My wife never knew that he played Groot until we watched the the Galaxy uh what is it called? The Holiday Special. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. But yeah. So that probably counts for a lot of his movies with us too, right? Like mm-hmm. two or three Avengers movies or something. Anybody yeah, else rise only- in the ranks, Pat? Uh, that's a good question. I was I surprised
4: think... by uh, uh, Willem Dafoe. Let's go,
5: Ten Movie Club. Willem yeah, Dafoe. Crazy. Well, you get the Spider Man's in there. Been a part of a couple of Punishment movies, Boondock Saints, which Corey hosted.
4: Antichrist.
5: Jake hall biting his time, only two away from the king spot. Waiting. That Iran. was my
1: other question. Where's Jake?
5: <laughs> He's right there. We're waiting for him. Um, but also just shout out to Steve Buschimi. Seven movie club, and none of those are part of a franchise. If I'm not to be interesting. All just like individual movies. So good for Buskemi.
1: Unfortunately, also kind of in the middle of the country, they're clustered around you, Pappy. We couldn't have Mikey or Stevie on tonight. They're busy with other things, but we do have Brett from Fort Wayne. <clears throat> Brett, you're kind of like the gun lore person on our podcast. I suppose. So I asked you, would... For the opening question, would you tell us a little bit about the real-life Merchant of Death, the Lord of War, Russian spy or something, Victor Bout? What's this guy all about?
4: Looking at Wikipedia, his other names are Merchant of Death, Sanctions Buster, Vadim Markovich, Aminov, Victor Bulakin, and then the best one, Victor Butt. So maybe that's how it's pronounced. I I don't know. I don't want to spend too much time on a... Guy named Merchant of Death, I don't want him to hear this, but uh he was actually quite smart. He learns he speaks a lot of languages. He was a translator in the army. The difference between him and Nick Cage is he actually was a soldier, I believe. He famously was involved in the biggest WNBA trade ever uh, a couple weeks ago.
1: Wow, dude. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see that one coming with your research. <laughs> <laughs> I, Brett, I heard some tell that this movie is like a composite of him and like four or five other guys. Does that seem right? Yeah.
4: Yeah, that sounds about right because it's, there's some other different stuff and they, but well, I think a lot of the stories are from him. But funnily enough, he talks about, he's all smug at the end of the movie about how he's going to, Get off free, which he does. I guess he beat some charges. But after this movie came out, is when he got arrested. So, uh, and he got tricked by uh, DEA agents. Uh, so, not a very good day for him. He got tricked into selling them stuff, and they took him to Thailand, and they arrested him there. So, that's how he got caught. Gotcha. Um, can I leave you with a quote from Nicolas Cage in a very recent interview? Yeah. I was shocked the day I went to the doctor's office as a child and I found out that I had normal organs and a normal skeleton because I was certain I was from another planet. That is a quote Nicolas Cage just said very recently.
1: Thank thank you for that unwarranted. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> it
1: sounds that sounded like more like for final thoughts,
4: Brett. Uh, uh, I wanted to get to it. Is that why you
5: pivoted, Josh? Because of the Brittany Griner thing? No.
4: and why we're well, not doing
5: taxi drivers? There's,
1: there's no pivot, first of mm-hmm. all. I would never pivot, but I thought I would trade my future self, the taxi driver pick, for Lord of War because, yeah, Victor Bout has been in the news quite a bit with the prisoner trade between the US and Russia. Pretty much everyone knows about it. I feel like clicks are up. For Lord of War right now, don't you think, Pappy?
5: Well, in February when this episode comes out, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. Hey,
1: well, you never know. Speaking of taking advantage of everything you can in life, like spoilers does, let's talk about this movie and our main character Yuri, Pappy. He is the Lord of War. What's his background? We get a pretty good taste of. His family, ethnicity, just what's going on with him at the beginning of this movie.
5: Yeah, it's Nick Cage playing Yuri. Um, Kind of an interesting choice because uh, Nick Cage is like kind of usually like an over-the-top type guy. And Yuri's whole thing is almost that he's like disconnected from everything he's doing in a weird way. But he's Ukrainian, you know. Very relevant now, too. Also ties into the news. Um, His dad's kind of funny because they pretended to be Jewish to get out of Ukraine, and his dad just totally embraced Judaism. So, This movie's got a lot of like weird comedy here at the beginning, but we'd be remiss, Josh, if we didn't talk about the Buffalo Springfield bullet opening. I mean, that is one of the coolest parts of this movie. I had seen that like 10 times, and I hadn't seen this movie before.
4: Yes, that was very cool.
2: So you guys are talking about the uh opening credit scene, right? Where the um a bullet that we follow from the bullet's point of view as a little tiny, you know, a small bullet of course, goes from like the manufacturing plant from hand to hand until it eventually lands with the people that are buying these illegally, presumably from Nick Cage, and they end up shooting a child in the head. Uh that whole sequence, it is in my opinion a little over ambitious. I don't think it looks very good. It looks very strange. It doesn't I know hold this movie up. Yeah. came out in the 2000s, and you know I've uh, I've been a I don't know a 2000 CGI activist for a long time. I don't think uh, the special effects were very good in that era when they get really computer heavy. Not that this is wholly you know computer generated stuff, but. It just looks weird with the real backgrounds and it feels weird to me i think it's like it's a good idea and i like that they're doing something different here but i don't think it fully works with what they're doing it's just there's always like a a strangeness when i'm watching it it's gonna,
4: this is gonna be a long pod he like
1: zooms his barrel in on all of his allies first. Like the bullet travels all the way (laughs) through the barrel and for some reason he like clocks everyone he's friends with. And then he like points it at the kid and shoots him. But what I was actually gonna say is, this is the first of many beats the movie hits with. Child death? Nick Cage's character, what do you guys think? Is he responsible for this kid's death? That bullet that he sold shot him in the face.
5: I would say Nick Cage is responsible. I mean, but that's like, that's what's so weird about casting Nick Cage is because like this movie has a weird tone and I feel like Nick Cage kind of holds that together because he can straddle both lines, right? Because like I said, there's jokes about like the dad being like not eating shellfish because he's this pretend Jewish person two minutes after child death, you know? And I feel
4: yeah. like it's, it's I, I don't know,
5: it's a tonal weird movie.
4: I have a hard time in this- don't get me wrong. I think he's a bad, bad guy, but I think they make enough allusions to this in the movie. And I think it's true whether we want to hear it or not. If he's not selling them, somebody else will be. So while he's responsible ah. for bad things, it's, it's just like a never ending thing. It's gonna, gonna happen. Yes, he's a bad guy. I'm just saying. People were, they, Africa was warring long before he was around and they're going to war a lot long after he's gone. That's my only point. But certain people, I guess that one little village in the tents, I mean, that's that's probably his fault, but I mean, they were kind of waiting around to kill those people. So that's just, that's, again, that's the only devil's advocate I'll play. Like he's a bad dude. Uh, there's no arguments for me there.
1: It's interesting you bring that up because in my estimation- nick cage's character has three main arguments for why it's okay that he's selling the firearms one number one is if i stop doing this someone will take my place tomorrow i think you just outlined that number two is i sell a means for people to defend themselves and then the third one is that big government sells more fire firearms than i do anyway like i'm just a drop in the bucket so
2: which of these arguments do you think works Do you think uh (laughs) the number two works at all like (laughs) i'm just selling these defensive tanks you know these are the defensive kind (laughs) i don't know uh some of the big arms he sells are are used for things that are a little bit outside the realm of self-defense i might think the
5: war helicopter
2: or the humanitarian
5: helicopter rather.
1: Pappy I honestly wrote these in italics with you in mind what are your thoughts generally on this whole situation and again the morality of the merchant of death
5: this is a true story uh, when I was in college uh, Philip Morris like the cigarette company yeah. or maybe it'd been Altria one of those two like came on campus and was doing like a recruiting event I remember they had like a Q&A and one of the kids like just straight up asked like how do you like live with yourself selling products that kill people and their answer was well if we didn't do it somebody else would and I don't know that's always been a pretty good indication to me whenever people have to bust out that defense the way you're doing is pretty fucked up you know what I mean you're not doing a good a good thing like no one who helps society has ever said well if I didn't do it somebody else would you know so that's that doesn't work for me I I would say like if anything (laughs) maybe the drop in the bucket defense is kind of relevant but i don't know to ian holmes point like he was at least i don't know i mean at least he was trying to do what was right nick cage is kind of just indiscriminately selling guns to whoever and ian
4: holmes character murdered somebody so
5: no, no no that's that's true but i'm saying at the beginning when he was like I don't know. Ian Holmes basically a puppet of the United States government, like who he's selling <laughs> to. I thought, but, but I mean, I don't know. If you're selling weapons that are going to be used in
4: genocide,
5: you're probably not a good guy, no matter how you rationalize it.
4: Yeah, I wasn't trying to rationalize it. I, I not was, you. Okay, I'm talking was, about Nick Cage here. I was just yeah, saying, Nick Cage.
5: Yeah, the Merchant of Death.
4: Nick Cage. I don't think he's a good guy.
1: What happens to Nick Cage in the first place to, like, give him this epiphany?
2: Yeah, New York, I think he's at. Seems like a really shitty place. Uh, He's like, you know, everywhere I go, people are getting whacked. I'm always, like, walking down the subway and some guy gets shot in the fucking head. Uh, So, you know, this time, I guess when he witnesses a murder, he realizes, oh my god, you can make a lot of money off of murder. And I think he's right. Uh, so, he kind of uh quickly forms the idea and really even quick, more quickly starts becoming an arms dealer of sorts, right? Starting small time and then, again, very quickly becoming big time. This part of the movie is a little bit unclear to me, but I can see why they don't spend a lot of time, you know, going through his process of becoming an arms dealer. He's yeah. just like, I'm going to do it and then he's done it. I can see why in terms of the story, but... I this watch I've seen this movie one other time this watch I I really was like oh okay he's just he's doing it now all right
5: like how does he have the contacts with like foreign governments he's flying all over the world like he sells one uzi and like his next step is to like I don't know well in the airport an international arms smuggler
1: well Anytime he wants, his brother can block off guards, and he can talk to any diplomat. He, just, his Jared Leto, just has to say, "Hey, they're just talking." They're talking.
3: Yeah.
2: That scene really <laughs> he brought his me. big guns. You know. Sorry, <laughs> this guy, Don't fuck with this guy. He'll more about on you, man. <laughs> <laughs> this guy lives in a society, man.
3: I'll be right back.
0: Mister Weiss. Mister Weiss. It's okay, they're talking. May I help? Yes, a mutual
1: friend. Kurtz- yeah, so he witnesses, like, directly a shooting go down. He has this epiphany, and kind of the next step before he can really jump fully into Merchant of Death life He's all about that life. He's <laughs> yeah. got to convince his brother to get on board, right?
4: I, I suppose I guess it's not that hard to do at that point in their lives because they both their lives kind of suck and their prospects aren't that much better so but it does seem to have more of a conscience than his brother obviously ah, crap hold on gosh dang it
1: Brett what just happened ah. hold on guys I'll just pass it over to you and Brett can catch back up if that's okay pappy yes do you remember uh, early on? Like, I think this is a major story beat. Like, he he kind of has to rattle Jared Leto's cage a little bit to get him to join into this whole Merchant of Death business.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I thought of this movie a lot in terms of like a character alignment chart in a lot of ways, and I feel like Nick Cage is like lawful evil, and Ethan Hawke is like whatever the other one is like lawful good, and Jared Leto is just like pure fucking chaotic (laughs) chaotic neutral like he I don't know he's he has a sign on his door that says um beware of dog and it's a reminder to himself to not have sex with every girl that he sees and attack every smaller dog that he sees he's just a fucking he's a loose cannon but I think Jared Leto is like awesome in this role too like I, I thought he was like really good in this movie
2: you know he really is he's really compelling I, I didn't think about uh, the, that alignment so much, Pappy, but I think that really works, right? Like, the lawful evil aspect of Nick Cage as Yuri, right? Because mm-hmm. he, he, it's like he knows what he's doing is wrong, but he still does it and he kind of like makes excuses that he also knows are bullshit, but he doesn't want to like directly kill anyone, you know? He's not mm-hmm. interested in that, but he's he's okay with facilitating.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that first drug deal where they're selling the, A- or not drug deal, gun deal, where they're selling the AKs by the the pound or the kilo or whatever, and Nick Cage is all there doing business, and Jared Low just walks up and, like, fires an AK-47 in the air randomly, like, see, it works. Like, he's just, I don't know. He might not be the best person to go in business with, but he, I don't know, he more so than Nick Cage, like, kind of changes throughout the movie, right? Like he's the only he's the only character I think with like an arc in the movie. What do you think that arc is? He gets a little he goes from chaotic neutral to slightly chaotic good when he's throwing those grenades and blowing up the stuff.
1: When, he, when he's throwing those grenades. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys feel like it was a little bit cliché how much they were saying brother? to each other? Yes. Like We get it. It's a movie and you are brothers. We understand. Thank you.
2: Not when they say it in Russian. They're brothers in arms, bro.
1: The first thing Jared Leto says is like, hi, brother. (laughs) Like, have you, has, I guess I do call him brother Jordan when he's on the pod.
4: (laughs) Do people get sick of that?
2: That's different. He's a monk.
4: He's a monk, it's different. (laughs) I haven't heard that many brothers since uh, Arrested Development. Hey, brother anyway hey brother I am okay
1: Brett what happened to you we need to stop down the pot again for Brett what
4: what just occurred I'm in I got in tr- I'm in trouble I had this bad habit of not screwing the caps on my pops and I knocked one over and I caught it upside down and it spilled everywhere and then all the fizz came up and erupted no. all over my phone <laughs> no, the no. cords my body. <laughs> And now Brittany said, I can't have my pop back. Well. And I can't have another one.
2: That seems fair. So for people that lived in civilized society, what is pop?
4: Uh, No, uh, (laughs) pop is what most normal people call carbonated beverages. Soda pop. What specific pop? What pop is it? Can you just say the brand? I drink Diet Mountain Dew. I pretty much just drink Diet Mountain Dew. 16.9 ounce bottles or whatever they are.
1: Are you back in the pod now, or do you need to like get my clothes on
4: or no, something? No, that's all right. I, I do have clean it's clothes fine. on because I've already showered. No, I'm fine. But I would be remiss to all my gun enthusiasts that, to correct Pappy, when they're selling those guns by the kilo, those are actually M16s. Bro. Bro. And not AK-47s, so- there you
5: go. what was the nickname for angel or ak-47 like angel wings or something like that angel King it wasn't it angel King
4: because yeah. it's AK mm-hmm. yeah it's weird sorry sorry uh everybody I'm sorry to my wife she she hates me right now
1: I'm just thinking about how much worse you spilling Mountain Dew is since it's so close to her
4: birthday. Like, how dare you? I know. Birthday I like know. this.
5: She's told you a million times. About <sighs> that.
4: She has. She has told me a million times. And I... Why? I just don't want to unscrew it and screw it on. Why? Because it's easier. Why? I drink so much soda... Why are you so fucked up? Yeah, that's good. I don't
2: know, man. Because I
1: am. (laughs) It's a line from the movie. Sorry, Brad. I couldn't resist.
4: Corey, there's uh, him getting... I mean, he gets addicted pretty quick. He goes on a bender pretty quick. But I guess that's some Colombian...
2: Yeah, that might be a factor. You know, he's got like the good shit. Like he starts off with like the pure shit immediately. I mean, that's probably really hard to get away from in terms of, like, the chemical addiction. They're not cutting it with stuff. But, you know, some of us, Brett, we're, we're just always drug addicts. And, uh, you know, maybe we don't do drugs until a certain point in our life, and then we realize it. And this dude oh, has cool. always been a drug addict.
4: That makes sense. Well, I mean, you actually never heard it stated that way, and that's awesome and sad at the same time. But also, you know, some people have addictive personalities, and he seems to have that. But yeah, that's that's really cool. Like you're always a drug addict, even if you've never done drugs.
1: Can I ask you a sincere question? I've never done cocaine. Honestly, it seems awesome. <laughs> yeah, right. I promise you, I never have, <laughs> dude. On like, Jared. Leto makes it seem awesome in this movie at the beginning. Great. At the beginning. You
5: have to mark this YouTube video as not for kids on YouTube. We're encouraging cocaine use.
4: They better not be watching. It goes downhill
1: really fast for him. But at the beginning, I'm sincerely asking you this, Kylo. What is it like hitting pure, fresh cocaine? Especially if it's from a Colombian drug lord. Especially if you (laughs) like aren't tolerant to it and this is like one of your first few times and I, I'm just really curious. You do not have to answer this question, Corey. <laughs> but I'm just curious and if you don't want to answer, that's fine.
2: Yeah. Yeah, when you do blow like the first thing you'll notice is like the the chemical like nature to like the smell. It's like this weird like it feels, it seems like very artificial like the smell of it and kind of like the taste as well. But then like that kind of becomes like Part of the appeal, like that smell, like gives you the pre-rush, right? And then you start to like feel it, like inside of you, like, and it's a numbing sensation. And again, at first, it's kind of like there's like an awkwardness to it, and like maybe a slight discomfort. But then you really start to like enjoy that. And you know, like when you start to like feel that numbness, like you know, y- you're you're doing some real shit here. Like there's there's been a lot of occasions in my life where I had or I was given something that was deemed as cocaine and it wasn't, I don't know what powder they gave me, but it definitely was not cocaine. Um, but for me, Josh, the appeal of the cocaine is like the way it makes your fucking brain feel. It's like, you feel like smarter and like more sharp and like you feel funnier and more energy. Obviously that's a big part of it. But like, it's like an instant, like, um, upper, it's an upper
4: it's like a big amphetamine, amphetamine hit, right? Like a big
2: Yeah, that yeah, that is a little crazier the way it affects your brain though because your your brain it's mm. like you get high and your brain starts to expand, but then with meth, like your brain starts to feel like slightly like warped and there's like a it's kind of like a dirtiness to the chemical sensation of meth, right? Like it it's, it's like you kind of feel like oh, there's probably like some gasoline in this or something it never like quite feels right and if you snore meth it fucking hurts because it's like shards of like you know looks and feels like little tiny rocks and you can only get it up so small right there's always like a little bit of sharpness to it and that fucking it hurts when it goes up your nostril but coke man I'm sure at least one other person here has done coke I mean so I don't have to be the only one to speak to it my appeal was what it did to my brain what about brown brown yeah that's (laughs)
1: gunpowder and coke from this movie but
5: never how, how does that make you feel when you do it
1: kylo i honestly appreciate your sincere response and i think yes thank you it's awesome i'm torn about is a lot of the movies we like and have reviewed on this podcast it's been known that the writer and sometimes writer director was like high as hell on cocaine during this period of their life so i just i don't know how to reconcile that Necessarily, Well, yeah,
5: but sometimes you get maximum overdrive, which is, you know what I mean? It doesn't mean it's always good when that happens.
2: But sometimes you get John Hughes. I mean, I talked about this on our Star Wars holiday special podcast, that big dumb movie, Josh. Classic. But I think uh, cocaine gets the blame for a lot of mistakes in filmmaking. And I don't think it's always fair to blame the cocaine, right? It's just your brain going into overdrive and like you able to stay up for a longer period of time. Maximum overdrive might be an exception, but you know, in a lot of cases, gets a bad rap. I think the next biggest
1: beat to hit as far as this movie goes is he got his brother to join him. Now he needs to convince his wife to wife him.
4: Yeah. So this is just kind of like a another pretty you could say genius, you could say crappy, uh thing that he did. He booked his childhood crush to a fake photo shoot and like rented out the hotel. He did not have the money to do this, but he did it anyway. And he kind of used all that little information to get her to fall in love with him. And the rest is history. And then he spent the first couple years of his marriage, it seemed like, maxing out credit cards to try to make her think that he really was that rich. So he kind of at that point had to get rich
2: to to get love man you got to be rich otherwise how you gonna get love yeah
1: pappy do you like the way he tricks his (laughs)
5: wife i don't know doesn't ethan hawk car his trophy wife later like yeah I just I don't, don't like the Nick thought
1: Cage of is... like Nick Cage. He's been looking at her weirdly. Fu- like he knows way more about her than she knows about him. So let's just be fair about You're... that.
5: Okay, this is kind of a question I have. I would ask this to Stevie if he were here. But what is Yuri Nick Cage actually motivated by? Like, what? What does this character actually care about? Bitches and money.
4: I think he likes...
5: Being good at it? That's it?
4: Stealing arms, yeah. I think I think he gets off on that. I mean, he said it's not just about the money. He's like, I'm really good at it. He's really good at something, which is, you know, the American dream, I suppose, in a mafia-type way. I mean...
2: Yeah. I don't think that's legit, though. Like, that's... You, it just means that he's smart, right? And maybe he's good at sales yeah. or some other skill set that can be applied to something else where he can still make a lot of money. Now, he does kind of have a, a, a take on this where he says something like, you know, making honest money has its problems because there's too many people doing it or something like that. The margins are too low.
4: Yeah, that red tape and <laughs> margins are bad. Yeah. So Nicholas
1: Cage, he winds and dines this model that he's been stalking. And he eventually mm. starts a family with her. Family. There's kind of this key scene, I think, where his young boy, his young son, is just starting to walk. But what is he? Far more focused. Nick Cage is like far more interested on, in something else, isn't he? Pat.
5: The end of the Cold War. Yeah, he's. I think it's Christmas time. This guy's family, over his parents. Um, she doesn't have a family, which the movie explains that which kind of like is why she's always around all the time there's not really anyone i don't know telling her to get out maybe or something but yeah it's the end of the cold war which means it's the beginning of the best time to be an arms dealer ever and his son takes his first steps and he's just like ah that's great honey and like goes back to making out with uh, gorbachev on the tv who's not motivated by family that's for sure Despite the other women, I always made love to Ava as if she was the only one. What is your
1: point with the whole motivation thing?
5: Well, this is what I was going to say. I think at first he's trying to ramp up his operations to like actually achieve the lifestyle but then at some point, I don't even know if it's clear in the movie, at some point it it stops being about the money and it starts just being about maintaining his empire and being good at something. But I, I think at first it's like literally just to impress this girl on a lot of levels.
1: So what's the problem with that? What's Harry Potter's motivation? He's good at being a wizard. He's got to be a wizard.
4: He wants a family.
1: Yeah. And what happened to uh, Nick Cage's family? They are like displaced and he was finally going to use capitalism to like his benefit. He was going to use the wizardry to his benefit. I don't know. Maybe that's a stretch. Anyway, Kylo, we got you back yet? No, I love it. (laughs) Keep it going. (laughs) This whole thing with the Cold War, like Gorbachev ends the Cold War on TV, he's making out with his TV set. It sets up this whole set piece, Kylo, with Nick Cage's uncle, who actually has been in Ukraine this whole
2: time and is a very powerful man, right? That's right. Maybe Nick Cage is all about family after yeah. all, you know, and all the benefits that you get from it. Family. <laughs> family. <laughs> yeah. The, the end of the Cold War really lets Yuri Nick Cage here expand his empire to uh, trading in that area of the world, including an area where, his, uh, where a relative of his can be easily manipulated into illegally selling Nick Cage a shitload of guns and ammunition and etc.
4: I thought you were supposed
0: to be watching out for these people. How can I? You keep selling my helicopters. You're too greedy, Yuri. I can't hold him forever. I've got paperwork. Not for the gunships. You know the penalty for sanction-busting? Selling the military helicopter is a major violation military helicopter
5: the uncle's kind of funny like yeah i like him a lot of the side characters who we meet in other countries provide some of like the comic relief like i mean it's kind of like black comedy because the uncle's like i was the luckiest man alive i think it's blown up in his car yeah right away but i like the character of the uncle he's a, he's a goofy guy
1: he seems real though too like i don't think he's playing it necessarily over the top it's and i'm and i was actually sad when he died. That sucked when he died. Yeah.
2: I want to talk to you guys about just, like, the way this movie is structured. Because, mm. like, I was watching it, and I, I, I feel like I've seen a lot of movies like this, right? Where we get to see how, like, this guy, like, kind of, like, works his way up in some criminal empire, and it's based on a real story, maybe. And he makes so much money, and he has so much drugs, and he sleeps with so many women. Isn't that pretty cool? And, like, so you cool. know, I... <sighs> I don't think it is. Like, it's like Chris Pratt. <laughs> so cool. He's so cool. Yeah. He's, he's no Chris Pratt, this man. <laughs> it's like, I, I'm watching this and I'm thinking, like, I remember thinking this was pretty cool in 2005 or six, whenever I saw this. But like, I don't know. Maybe this is just like a type of story that's either done too much or maybe can only be done by Martin Scorsese or something. I don't want to say this movie's bad. That's not really what I'm getting at. This is this structure of story, right? It's intended to invoke an emotion when you watch it. Like, I'm supposed to be like, wow, this is pretty shitty, but man, that was pretty badass. And this is kind of badass. And wow, look how he outsmarted them. It's like, well played guy. And I don't, are we supposed to think that? I think so. That seems to be the way they're selling it, right? With his like narration over it. Am I picking up on this the wrong way, Brett? There are over 550 million firearms in worldwide circulation. That's
0: one firearm for every 12 people on the planet. The only question is, how do we arm the other 11?
4: No, you might be. I I just didn't think about it that way. And it's funny you bring up Scorsese because this does parallel Wolf, Wolf or Wall Street, but that's done so much better. Kyle Chandler's character is so much better than Ethan Hawke in that kind of role and funnily enough what's his name jordan Belfort, is more likable because he's not killing anybody i don't know i you know what i mean the more you mention it but i i thought i wasn't like man he's cool i thought the plane thing was cool where he parked this plane and gave the guns away but not cool because that's terrible but that was fun i guess
2: yeah that's like the 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 kind of emotion i'm talking about right like the yeah, you, know, you don't really know how to describe it, so I, I'm just using the word "cool." But like, you know, whatever, an endearing, charming uh, quality to yeah. it is is the way it's being pitched, and you know, underneath it, it's like, oh, this isn't like really like a good thing, and you know, it's it to me, I think you know the original, which is probably not really the original, is like Goodfellas, right? And it's kind of that similar storyline. Have you ever heard of like the the trickster spirit or something,
1: Kylo? Loki, not loki i guess loki is but geez that really just ruined everything but
2: i mean (laughs) what you said makes me think of a a movie called brain scan which i'm sure you don't know of but go on i just
1: think nick cage is like he's like somehow lawful i don't know if he's evil evil. i don't know if he's definitely
5: evil what Is he lawful, though? I
1: don't know if I agree with your assessment at all. Like the movie. (laughs) There's nine
2: spots on the alignment chart. Pick one for him, Josh.
1: I need to look at the alignment chart. I'm
2: saying lawful, evil. Good, evil,
5: chaotic, lawful, neutral. He
1: has to be on the extreme of lawful. I agree because he's like a lawyer, like litigation and being on top of. All the known laws and articles is one of his superpowers, right? Yeah, but why Wait. is he not neutral?
5: Because he, I don't know. He knows the like inner workings of systems so well. Like he'll like, I don't like he'll have everyone take the
1: he's he sells to leftists and rightists. I guess I don't know. I think he, they go through pains to say he's neutral.
2: All right, I'm gonna read the the definition. Thank you, God for lawful evil. A lawful evil villain methodically takes what he wants within the limits of his code of conduct without regard for whom it hurts. Right. He cares about tradition, loyalty, and order, but not about freedom, dignity, or life. He plays by the rules, but without mercy or compassion. See? What rules does he play by? He doesn't sell
5: drugs. He looks down on the drug selling, like when that first guy offers it to him. It's beneath him. He, He won't, for some reason, do that, but he will sell guns.
4: I'm just saying getting caught with a couple of glocks and getting caught with a couple of kilos of coke I one you'd probably do 30 years the other you'd probably do 5 years so But
5: that's not why he turns it down he turns it down cuz it's beneath him It seems to be that
1: way hmm.
4: yeah Wouldn't you
1: think evil would be like you want to like hurt people or something why I don't isn't know. that
2: part of that chart Kylo? No he takes what he wants with no regard for whom it hurts Mhm hmm. That seems true. Like Even if
5: he's not the one, that's not the whole point of the scene with him. That's the whole point of the scene with him pulling the trigger, right? Like, even though he doesn't pull the trigger, he's still ultimately responsible in a lot of ways. But,
1: but governments sell more firearms than he would in one whole year in one day. Anyway, just
2: the U.S. government. Yeah, there's people worse. <laughs> there's worse things. There's more- Sometimes something worse will happen. So, what about that thing? Corey, Uh, I know what you mean, though, about the structure.
5: And here's my whole thing. Like, while I was getting the motivation, like, Nick Cage's character has no arc, like, because he gets off with it at the end. This movie is, like, more like an Adam McKay movie where it's, like, talking about, like, a system. You know what I mean? Because it's not accurate to the Merchant of Death guy's life. And, like... I don't think the movie's trying to make him look cool, but it's just more trying to like shed light on international drug running and why it's bad.
2: I see what you're saying. I don't know. When I watched Vice, I remember, like, I'm sorry for anyone that is a fan of a uh, former vice president, but I remember watching and thinking like this piece of shit. Like I was like pretty angry by the end of that with this dude. Uh, this one, you know, I, I I get a little bit of that, but it it is not really pushing me in that direction as much. I don't know why. Maybe it's because something like Vice is more closely, you know, uh, identifiable with reality, with real names and such. I haven't seen a lot of other Adam McKay stuff, so I'll be honest there.
4: Mm. It's out a lot better movies than Vice.
2: No, he wrote the screenplay for Ant-Man. Is that what you mean? It's kind of like Ant-Man. No, the big short is way better, in my opinion. This movie's a lot like Ant-Man, Pappy.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Very similar. Did you say my name, Josh? Yeah,
1: I just was going to toss to you, because we we go from this Cold War era with his uncle. His uncle gets blown up in the vehicle. And the next note, I have Nicolas Cage's rivals in this movie. He's got two main rivals. And you can choose one of them, either one that you want. But we got Ian Holm. He's a rival guns dealer and then there's also ethan hawk who's like the lawful good who's chasing this lawful evil man around which one do you want to take
4: i'd rather take ethan hawk i suppose i understand him more
1: because of his how good you both are you're both so good and lawful
4: yeah sure i don't know where what that's about but uh anyway yeah he's an interpol agent and he's, I don't know, one of the few good people. Good band. Good morals. He wants to see this guy in jail, but he's not going to break the law to put him in there, really following the rules and stuff like that. So uh, he chases him down. He's got good instincts, but, you know, Nicholas Cage is always just a little bit ahead of him.
0: They say every man has his price. But not every man gets it. Interpol agent Jack Valentine couldn't be bought—at least not with money. For Jack, glory was the
2: prize.
1: Yeah, it's the Kono. It's not the Crystal. Kono, K-O-N-O.
2: Agent Jack Valentine, you son of a bitch! That name, though, right? That's a. Uh, uh, there's something very classic about that, as like the, the government agent name, Agent Jack Valentine. <laughs> Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not solid. the best. But well, this guy is committed to his ideology, right? Like he is. Yeah, that's that's a good way of putting it. He is very much like a government agent for the purpose of like stopping evil. That's why he does it. He wants to stop bad guys, and he very much believes in that in his soul. It seems. But he's not a guy that the the
4: ways justify the means. Like he won't get there. Outside of like the straight and narrow path, like Mm -hmm. he's got to catch him within the rules. If he can't catch him within the rules, he's got to let him go and try again. And that's there's something respectable about that. You could get into a whole long conversation about other law enforcement and if that's true for everybody's. But with this guy, like one of his guys wants to kill him uh, in Africa, and he's like, We could, no one would ever know. But he's basically like, We'll know. So, his his ideology is very important to him yeah
1: pap it turns out this lawful good to chaotic evil chart really comes in handy for this movie
5: right? <laughs> i was thinking the whole time i was watching this cuz like like brett said yeah there's the one guy in africa who's like let's let's can you run without legs or something and ethan hawks like no we can't we can't do that ethan hawk uh two movie club by the way also in the north Men.
4: That's it. Well, he's in Serendipity or whatever. He was in that uh, weird one where he plays his dad, grandma, Serendipity, mom. oh predestination, <laughs> not Serendipity. Uh, oh predestination. I missed that.
2: Say so you call this Serendipity.
4: <laughs> those are most two movies are a little different. Three movie Club, right?
5: Predestination, Movie Club, subject to Pappy's accuracy. So <laughs>
4: <laughs> Serendipity, what's that with Minnie Driver or something? <laughs> Julie Roberts.
1: And- Digging a hole, Brett. Anyway, Ian Home, yeah. Six Movie Club, spoiler. Be digging your hole. Jeez. Y- you know, when I edit an episode, I can hear every time you make a little comment. I add some gain to hear what kind of threat you made and then make a decision on whether to keep it or delete it. <laughs> but anyway, it's a fun game for later. <laughs> Ian Home, explain his plot because I think. His role deserves mentioned specifically, Pappy.
5: Yeah, Ian Holm is the establishment. Brett, do you think like he's working for the CIA? Like, is he? Because he has like clear political interest, right? When he's selling arms, yeah. I
4: didn't, I didn't pick up on that till the end. So I don't know if I'm the best person to ask. I thought he was just a rival, like a more refined rival arms dealer, but.
2: That's yeah but it's like more than that you know
4: i mean we've been giving guns out to people for a long time but
2: yeah i think you're right why don't you go with that yuri approaches him pretty early on in his uh gun running days he sees you know ian home at like gun Runner con you know 1992 or wherever these guys get together i have a business
0: proposal i thought perhaps we could discuss it i don't think you and i are in the same business <laughs> you think i just sell guns don't you I don't, I take sides. But in the Iran-Iraq war, you sold guns to both sides. Did you ever consider that I wanted both sides to lose? Bullets change governments far surer than the votes.
2: You're in the wrong place, my young friend. There's No place for amateurs. Where they got like, you know, babes in cosplay <laughs> yeah. as the military. <laughs> and uh seemed like a really fun time. Especially if you're Jared Leto, but mm-hmm. uh, he sees the Ian Holmes character and he tries to like p- make a deal with him. He says, like, you know, maybe we can uh, work together. You know, I sell guns, you sell guns. We're both like, you know, pretty big in the industry. Although Ian Holmes character is like way beyond, but the way he explains it's pretty interesting. When, when I forget his name, but when Ian Holmes character says no, basically, He explains that, like, he's like, no, you sell guns, but what I do is I control the outcome of uh, societal systems or something to that effect, right? Like, he is more of, like, kind of, like, playing chess with the world and deciding how things, uh, how, like, conflicts end based on his arrangements with countries and with, I don't know, militia groups or with terrorist organizations or whoever it may be. So he's more in the game of like controlling the outcome of the world. At least that's his perception of it.
3: Mm
5: -hmm.
2: And a big part of that too is- I have to correct you a little bit though. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, A big part of that too is
5: like that's all happening within the Cold War world, right? So there's like Team US and Team USSR. And he's able to like, you know, manipulate within that and move weapons on behalf of the US to, you know, either adversaries of the USSR or allies of the US. Like- once yeah. once Russia falls, like once this, this USSR collapses, like there's just too much, the landscape has changed. He's almost like too old to like react to the new landscape. He's not, I don't know. It's weird because he is ruthless. Like he will murder a person, but he also has some other like weird moral code of conduct where he doesn't want to sell to either side, right? Like he wants to pick like the right side to do. So he's like a complex character in that way. What were you saying, though, Brett?
2: Yeah,
4: oh, I was just gonna correct Corey. That was actually Gun Con ninety one.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that was a good. That one. was yeah. a
4: really. That was a good one. It was. It was good. I think if
1: <clears throat> Yuri is selling guns to someone who Ian Holmes' character thinks is evil, in his eyes, killing Nick Cage in a car bomb is like a no brainer, though, right,
5: Pap? I mean, yeah, probably. I guess because he's thinking more big picture. It still is. Murderous. In my
4: eyes, the CIA
2: is evil. The <laughs> I mean, government's murderer, the big fish. When you are lost,
5: Kylo, it,
1: I think Pappy's right. it Like Ian Holmes' character is all about the Cold War era, and once we get out of that, Nick Cage shines even brighter than he did with his uncle in the Ukraine. He's now in Liberia with Andre and Andre Jr. Can you give us some of the highlights of this section of the movie? I really like it, actually.
0: President Bob Teast was my best customer, but I was in no hurry to meet him. He'd gotten a reputation for routinely hacking off the limbs of those who opposed him. His seven-year civil war has been described as a relentless campaign of sadistic, wanton violence. That kind of sums up Andy for me.
2: He's dealing with these crazy motherfuckers in Africa now. These guys with, like, gold-plated insert gun name here so Brett doesn't correct me later, you know? These guys, (laughs) they got, like, the the blinged-out, like, fucking cars, and they got, like... The entourage of women, but they're fucking, they're not like what you might be thinking when I say that. They're not like, I don't know, this might sound racist, but NBA players, right? They, or or a fucking, but they kind of like live that lifestyle, like, you know, like the Playboy, like maybe rap superstar kind of thing, but they're fucking these insane dictators. I think the guy actually has the title of president at this point or at some point, but you, you can tell it is clearly not. These guys are just, uh, I don't know, man, crazy motherfuckers that seize power in an area that's war-torn somehow. And, they, uh, they're
4: it, dictators.
2: Yeah, uh, warlord dictators, and Nick Cage has has to be involved with them. He starts dealing with them on a regular basis. Uh, you know, at first, things are, are pretty cool because he's playing ball, and they, they gift him uh, two women. Now, Nick Cage is married, but he, uh, he cheats on his wife
0: Despite the other women, I always made love to Ava as if she was the only
2: one. Very regularly, including with supermodel waitresses. Uh, but he's gifted two women at one point, and he's very, very concerned because I believe he says in Africa, one of four people has AIDS. I don't know if that's an yeah. accurate statistic, but what the hell? seems pretty high. No, it's bad there. It's bad there.
5: He's in that part of Africa, especially. And not a condom within a hundred miles.
2: Damn, you'd think there'd be a lot, you know? I I think they'd be everywhere. I like the uh you mentioned his
5: Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders that the library Yeah, I
4: was gonna say, like you were bringing to- up NBA, they are like literally have Dallas Cowboy Cheerleader lookalikes in their car.
1: Kylo mentioned the infidelity. You guys picked up that's what the opening spoiler was about, right? yes no what was it again the whole thing with despite the other podcasts Nick Cage always made love to Ava as if she were the only one Ah. I got it did that quote not stick out to you guys
2: definitely did Mm. of how bullshit it is (laughs) basically (laughs) (laughs) I mean the dude is very full of shit
1: Andre and Andre Jr. Brett, did you like the stuff about mm. Nick Cage's like wish fulfillment with the Rambo guns and the gold gun that they kept showing, which I'm pretty sure is like a James Bond reference? Maybe.
4: Uh, I mean, Corey, I know I don't want to. I know you think I'm a dick about it, but uh, pretty much any gun you see from like the 30 minutes on, you could say AK or AK like weapon and you'd be pretty accurate so this is where like the biggest atrocities happen but they're almost trying to make andre or whatever him and his son seem funny yeah um i mean actually i really like really like the conversations about lord of war uh lord what was it uh what were some of the other ones oh that he he says in reverse
5: bath of blood doesn't he blood bath.
4: yeah those were, I thought those were pretty well written. There's going to be
2: a bath of blood. Yeah. It's blood bath. It's,
5: okay. Yeah, it's funny. And I think it's based on Charles Taylor, uh, who is the real yes. president of Liberia. I actually used to oh, work Chucky. for the Indiana University Department of Liberian Studies for one summer. So I did a lot of like research in this area. But like, I don't know, Josh, Is it? does it rub you the wrong way? at all that it's like these people who have done like horrific crimes are kind of being played off for comedy a little bit like does it work for you Uh,
1: this movie goes to a weird place doesn't it It
5: does right yeah
1: (laughs) I think people that do fucked up stuff have a part of their life where they are either kind of normal or trying to be on a level of normal and this is Nick Cage's character who's the main character we're supposed to like empathize with he's kind of like his whole job is like leveling with those people throughout the movie (laughs) despite the morality of it is it maybe an interesting place to dwell as far as storytelling and movie making Pappy maybe maybe
5: I think so I mean it's a black comedy right like I don't have like a problem with it it's like lampooning these people but it's a black comedy. Really See it that way, either. Yeah. I mean, it's a black comedy that also shows like a woman and a child getting hacked to death at one point too, right? It's just a little yeah. all over the place. Like sometimes I don't know how to feel.
1: A lot of child
5: death. Yeah, dude. I thought the baby was gonna get hit by the plane for real. <laughs> like, which is that is a fucking insane thing. It's that that is so over the top. There's a baby who almost gets run over by a plane <laughs> as it's coming down like that. That could be in like airplane or something. That's like slapstick. Yeah,
2: that was a, a bit much for me in terms of being taken seriously. I'm like, okay. okay. It's gonna stop right before the baby, it isn't does. it?
4: It does. All right. Yeah. Yes. What if it splatted? Would you have been like, okay, that was pretty that's pretty cool. That's a, yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs>
1: shot though, what it says as far as like a cinematic shot in movie making.
5: I think what it's we, cool. What if we follow the rubber? Go
1: ahead. Follow the rubber? Okay.
5: Follow the rubber from the Amazon to getting made into the tire to getting put on the <laughs> airplane to running over the
2: baby. Yeah. <laughs> that would be in the parody movie of this. Who sold that
1: rubber? The scene where Nick Cage is sitting there and the like plane, commercial plane gets stripped in the background. It's kind of a similar beat, and I think it's really cool. Did anyone is anyone else like particularly latch on to that part of the movie?
5: It's very weird, but I liked it. Do I
1: do I need Mikey here? Because I'm pretty sure this is like a practical effect of actual people taking apart an airplane.
2: I was too, Josh. I was thinking about Jawas. I was like, these motherfuckers are like Jawas. Like, look at them go. <laughs> I thought that was a really cool. Scene. I could not stop thinking about Star Wars.
5: <laughs>
4: Is that why? how you mostly are all the time? Yeah, really.
2: It's true.
5: <laughs> it's a like bold editing choice. It's an editing choice that draws attention to the way this movie's edited. But I do like it. Like it's. I don't know. It's just like I, like both times I've watched it. Every time I've watched it, like I'll track like one person as long as I can. Right. <laughs> Throughout that time lapse, it seems to be like yeah, pretty pretty real. I don't know if it is or not.
4: Hey, Pat, when we were done with the movie, I said, I like that. And Brittany did too. But we both thought it maybe was like 20 minutes too long. Could you see parts, maybe anybody else too, that could have been cut down or do you think it was all, not dragged, I don't know. It just seemed like it was was long. didn't seem like it needed to be. Especially since somebody brought up that they skipped him becoming a big time arms dealer. They went from him selling Uzis in a a, a ratty apartment to, you know, he's got connections in in Europe. I, I don't know.
5: I mean, I don't know what you would. I don't know what you would cut. Like it's that's tough.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's a hard question yeah, to okay. answer. Like, what exactly do you remove? Right? Because I think it is long, definitely. But this movie is trying to be like an epic in its own way, about this person's life. Like I was saying, like, you know, like a Goodfellas or like a Wolf of Wall Street and uh, I can't think of anything specifically that could just be, like, cut. Like, I oh, don't need that. I have one. What about the AIDS stuff?
5: Not the AIDS stuff, but I would say when Nick Cage walks up to a pack of uh, hyenas <laughs> and, like, just kind of, like, nods yeah, at them. Yeah, the him. dream,
4: the little dream sequence. Did, I don't know. Like, why? I, it's... It's so silly. I know they wanted to show that he's spiraled. He's spiraled and he's doing drugs. But it is a little silly. The weird silly. thing is, is like I
5: can't imagine any other actor doing that in this movie other than Nicolas Cage. Like you know what I mean? Like who else could would do that?
2: John
4: John Travolta.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: Wearing Nick Cage's uh. face. <laughs>
2: That's a good answer. I really like that. I appreciate that on a deep level, Brett. Yeah. But you know, the yep. so Nick Cage is is his own animal, right? Like mm-hmm. he one, he's like an A list like movie star, Nicolas Cage. Everyone knows that name. He's got a good movie star name. Everyone's seen some of his movies, especially like '90s action movies and such. Academy Award. Academy Award for one of my favorite movies ever made. About another one about uh, addiction, but uh, yeah. it's. It's just weird because he's kind of like always himself, right? There's a lot of like Nick Cage in any character that he plays. And like I don't think he can remove that like in any way, like how I think maybe Jared Leto can, not saying that he's a better actor, but like, you know, actors have different skill sets and you're watching this and it's Nick Cage a lot of the time, I feel like. But maybe that helps you kind of like latch on to this guy in a way that you wouldn't so much if it was someone else. Right? Maybe some of that comes through the performance.
5: Yeah, if a guy's full method acting, maybe don't he's not as likable in some way, right? But I was just getting like total Mandy vibes as he's tripping through like the Safari talking to hyenas and stuff. I I don't know.
1: Hell yes. Well, despite the morality of this movie and the main character, I think it does a pretty good job of wrapping up loose ends and telling the complete story and there's a few major beats I hit as we covered the plot throughout the spoilers episode convincing his brother his wife to join up with his crew his rivals I think a lot of those things come to fruition Corey I want to pass it right back to you his stuff with Ian home his bitter guns arm rifle how does that finally come to a conclusion? Because I think it's worth noting. It's a pretty jarring scene.
2: Yeah, it, it, it begins the uh, downward spiral that we alluded to of Yuri, you know, because uh, he's, he's been dealing with these African warlord guys, the Baptiste, I think it is. Yeah. And he comes to his, uh, his hotel at night sees Baptiste and then he sees the Ian Holm character like being held hostage. And the Baptiste guy is like, you know, I'm I got this guy here. He's your rival. I'm gonna let you kill him. You know, and Yuri doesn't want to kill anyone directly. He just wants to facilitate the killings and make a nice profit. (laughs) He doesn't want to actually Great margins, great margins. Not many people willing to do it. He doesn't want to shoot a man in the head. That's not his his game. It's not what he's in for. He's, he's not into that. He'd rather like outsmart or outwit his opponent. I think, uh, in terms of uh, you know, defeating them. But he does kind of participate in the killing. It's a little bit interesting the way Baptiste pulls this off. Baptiste is holding a gun to Ian Holmes' head. He puts Yuri's hand on the gun and presumably his finger on the trigger as well, and says. We're going to shoot this guy together. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to give you a hand with this murder. You can stop me if you want. Just say the word. All right, three, two, one. And then he pulls the trigger. Ian Holmes gone. Now Yuri is kind of dealing with this, uh, you know, mental state that anyone would have to deal with if they were that directly involved with the death of another human where he's like, Fuck. Like I killed someone and this is this is very much uh on my mind now. And then he kinda goes and takes a walk with the hyena into the uh the plains of Africa.
1: <laughs> is it because of his morality or just because lawfully he he knows now he's culpable for murder? Is that really his only hang up, Pappy? I don't think so. It's just the lawfulness?
5: Well, I mean, I don't know. It's outside the bounds of, like, what you would normally like to do. I was going to ask you, is this too, like, do you get it on the nose? Like, he's pulling the trigger literally with these people. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I feel like it was a little bit like the rat at the end of Departed. Like, do you get it? Like, the, <laughs> the rat. <laughs> it's like, yeah. He He's not Fucking actually pulling rat. the trigger, but he's facilitating... Whatever this, uh, Andy, dictator Andy, <laughs> pulling the trigger. Like, did you get that at all, Josh? Was it too much? Did you
1: get it? I got did it. You get it?
5: Did you get it? Yeah.
1: And I'm gonna toss it back to you to get some more stuff in a second, Pat. But for right now, I I was hoping Brett could wrap up the whole thing with Nick Cage losing his wife and Ethan Hawk. It's all like kind of one continuous plot line, right, Brett? Because Ethan Hawke kind of plants a seed with his wife that, hey, man, Nick Cage, your husband, he's like really this huge shitty Satan dude. It's not that great.
4: So Ethan Hawke and uh, I don't know, he was was with Interpol. I don't know if he's with ATF at this point. I don't know. He uh, do a search warrant. They don't find anything. He knew they wouldn't find anything. He's too smart for that. So like you said, he's try, he tries to lay a little seed of doubt in his wife. He knows that her parents were murdered. Um, he tries to do a little sneaky thing about, oh, this is same person sold those drugs that killed your family, but it doesn't really work at first. And then he's like, hey, I'm gonna go off to my legit business, and she's like, okay, I love you. But she follows him and then finds his God, I would think he would have a better lock on that. But anyway, she finds his den of evil, or then that's kind of like she it breaks for her. In, she,
1: she breaks into a spank bank.
4: <laughs> I, I guess I, I don't know much spanking. He's got
5: like a bunch of guns, a laptop, and a big thing of lotion and Kleenex in there for presents. <laughs>
2: <Yeah. laughs>
5: Brett, would you tell Brittany if you were an international arms dealer?
4: Uh, I don't know. She'd just be happy I think that I had all that money. So she wouldn't ask
2: questions? Don't ever ask me about my business, Brittany. <laughs> I would literally never do that. She, I would
4: never do that. I would not have the balls to do any of that. I wouldn't know if I'd tell you if I was an international arms dealer. You hear
5: that FBI? Arms dealer. Don't even look into Brett at all. No reason.
4: No, I'm way too much of a coward to do anything that illegal. Brett,
1: I think, I think you established, Brett, that like his wife is like, if you go back to this arms dealing thing, we can't be together because I'm against that. But Ethan Hawke gets him arrested. And this is pretty late in the movie, and I know we're skipping some of the stuff with Uh, Jared Leto, but we'll get back to that. Yeah.
4: Yuri gets arrested. He's in a room. uh, Ethan Hawke's talking about how they're going to throw the book at him. You're going to be in prison for two life sentences. You're dead meat. We have so much evidence against you. But uh, Yuri says, basically, you do have tons of evidence uh, on me. You have a lot of names of people I've dealt with. I I have a lot of friends. I'm going to be let out because... I'm a means to an end for them. I help them out indirectly. And basically he's like, I'm gonna be sprung out of here by a a general. And that's exactly what happens.
5: Was that a general like the United States Army? Was that what we're supposed to believe? I don't know. Cause like, I don't know. The movie goes out of its way to say that he's Interpol. Like, if that's the case, then I don't even think the president of the United States could tell him. No, definitely not. I mean.
4: He's definitely Interpol early on, for right. sure. So at that
5: point, you, and, you yes, report to the U.N. In, it's
4: in the name, yeah. International Police. Yeah.
5: So it doesn't matter how many badges the general has. Like, that part. Was, and like I think at one point Nick Cage says, like, you report to the president to him, which is like, nah, uh <laughs> They report to the U.N. But like I said, it's like more of like trying to like poke at this industry.
1: This innocent, capitalistic industry,
5: this movie just keeps poking at. Just some good old-fashioned gun running.
1: (laughs) The final thing to wrap up is that Nick Cage can't get through all of this with his brother alive. cage his whole of everything that he holds dear in his life i think his brother is one thing that he just loves and even though it's tough sometimes he still loves him anyway but this last scene jared doesn't survive does he
5: yeah and it's the scene right before he gets arrested that that's actually why he gets arrested because there's still one bullet left in the joker As nick cage brings his body back to the united states um yeah i i don't know why jared leto makes this change here at the end but like i said it's a pretty brutal scene of seeing that girl get cut up and then you just throw some grenades into one of the trucks blows up half the guns so nick cage takes takes half the diamonds i mean It takes Nick Cage losing everything to even feel like he lost a little bit. And still, even at the end of the movie, it's not like he has to stop selling guns. You know, he gets paid to get out of jail. Like, he's still kind of on top of his empire, which is like the most important thing to him. Even though his family's disowned him, his wife and kids have left him, and his brother and his uncle are dead. Like, I I don't know. Like, to Corey's point, it seems kind of cool. He comes out on top
2: a little bit. It seems kind of (laughs) cool. I think I know why, though, why Jared Leto or Vitaly, like, makes that shift, right? From being the guy that will agree to assist with selling guns to saying, you know what, we absolutely can't do this. I I think it really has to do with, like, how close they are to what's going to happen after they sell the guns, right? Like, it's one thing to, like, say, like, take a gun... And like sell it to a guy in an alley and then he leaves and you never see it again. But like it's one thing to sell a gun to a guy that you hand it to him and he takes it and then he shoots someone in the head right in front of you, right? You'd probably feel differently about those two prospects if you were given both as an option, right? The option two here is basically what's gonna happen on a larger scale. They're literally gonna go like walk like you know a hundred yards away and slaughter a small village of people with those guns. It's gotta impact you, right?
1: I don't like the scenario. This the scenario seems a little implausible. Like this war chief with dozens of warriors is just waiting to get like this huge shipment of arms to execute like a couple hundred people. I don't wanna be like gruesome about it, but you need arms in those kind of guns to fight battles, not to just like kill some women and children in tents it, yeah it's a heart tug but when you look at that like logistically you're not flying this guy across the world and giving him like your best diamond collection just to like do what could be done with machetes
5: mm-hmm it's dark Josh should have stuck with taxi driver light-hearted film <laughs>
1: Yeah, (laughs) a witty romp. Jared Leto dies. He gets shot. It's actually a pretty gruesome death. Don't you guys find yourself when you're watching this wishing he would just like get shot in the head so he stops like twitching around and stuff? Mercy kill. And also, what do you think it means that he like takes the pin out of the grenade and everything?
2: Anybody have take on that? Yeah, he's gonna end it all right there, you know?
5: Dude, I I didn't know that worked. I never knew you could put a pin back in.
4: As long as the clip doesn't, the pin holds the clip or something. Again, I never. I don't know a lot about grenades, but yeah. the pin holds the other thing in.
2: So yeah, I believe you can put it back in, or at least you could. I know
5: enough about grenades. If the pin's out, I'd
4: chuck it.
2: Last time I saw Brett, he had strapped vests. No, do not.
4: Do not, no. <laughs> Don't do defame Edit her. that out. With a I headband. I do not have any freaking the grenades.
2: <laughs> Red headband.
4: Gosh, you,
1: what is Yuri's
2: brother's name? Vitaly. Vitali.
1: Yeah, Vitaly. Vitaly looks at his brother and he's like, you know what? If I pull this grenade right now, I'll be out of my misery quicker and I'll kill you to take you out of this whole guns trade thing. And I think that's kind of like his last motivation. Yeah. And then it's interesting that Nick Cage's last motivation is like I feel bad that my brother's dying but I've also been through enough shit that I can like hold my hand steady enough to put this pin right back in the like center circle thing to stop this grenade from blowing up.
4: Oh, That's not bad. It's like a Godfather thing out front with the one of them is shaking and Michael's not shaking. Yeah, no,
1: that's kind of cool, actually. It's in this movie where a lot is explained through narration. <laughs> it's, it, but it has this little spot where it tells a lot without narration.
3: Uh,
1: does anyone have any
5: final thoughts? The O.J. Simpson murderers make an appearance in this movie.
4: (laughs) That's pretty freaking funny that he's like, I'm never going to Brentwood. (laughs) Yeah. Is that, is that uh, Hanson or the, I want to say the famous African actor. He's in everything. Um, Blood Diamond. It doesn't matter. Apparently Donald Sutherland's in this movie. Where? When? It says Colonel Oliver Southern, but there's three people listed as playing Colonel Oliver Southern. The guy he
5: calls him the phone? Where he's like, now's not yes. a good time?
4: Maybe, that might be him. Yes, and that, yeah. That,
1: I can't know you right now. I can't know you right now, and he just clicks up on him. Yes, that is exact, mm-hmm. exactly who that is.
5: Cool. Oh, Josh, I have one for you. Okay, and a lot of times when I ask you questions, you like dod- dodge around them, you know, give me a direct answer. I just want a yes or no. Okay. <laughs> after, se- after seeing this movie, was the Brittany Griner for the Merchant of Death trade a good deal? Yes or no? <laughs> Don't touch that. No, you have to answer. It's my final thought.
1: A lot of you may not know but after final thoughts we go into our
2: trivia <laughs> section and that's let's when let's uh, let's each answer we'll all answer josh you just gotta go first <laughs> he's
4: gonna edit this i'm sure he'll edit that right out yeah you gotta go first
5: you pivoted from taxi driver to this because of the britney griner trade this is you've <laughs> done your homework Wait, now you've done your own state research the qu-
1: state the question that was, the was, the, was the Brittany was the
5: was the Britney Griner for the Merchant of Death a good trade?
1: My actual answer is yes. I trust that our go- our government made the right decision on that one.
2: Come on, man! All right, who's next? Brett, you go next. I'll
5: say no. I'll go next. I'll, I'll say yes. It's good to have her back. I think it would have been nice to get that spy Marine guy or whatever he was back too, but. Listen, we're basically in a proxy war with Russia right now. I I don't know, like it's a morale thing at some level. It really, you know, that kind kind of counts for something.
2: It's a good take. Morale, you know, I didn't think about that. I think my opinion is that it's it is important that we recover our citizens if they're being held, especially if it's not exactly like a fair scenario right where the punishment maybe doesn't fit the crime uh, that's uh subjective to some degree but i i think it is important that we make all efforts to recover our people but there are limits right i wouldn't say like give another country access to our nuclear arsenal so that we could get a citizen back there has to be a limit somewhere with everything but i think it's uh, a person for another person yeah yeah i think it is Brett.
4: I mean, yeah, it's fine. I, I don't have a problem with it. I don't like how he had to go around, how he had to go through Saudi Arabia to even get that going. And But uh, it's whatever. I mean, I think they should have tried to get Paul Whelan back, but hopefully they'll get him back at some point. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot more. I don't know if there was any evidence that he was even spying or anything like that, but uh, I don't know enough about it, so.
2: If it was like uh, Shaq, do you think we would have gotten him back faster?
5: I don't think Shaq would be in Russia for any reason. Ever.
4: (laughs) No, he doesn't have to play in Russia to supplement his income in the off We genie, Corey.
2: We don't go to Russia. So that scenario, the premise is invalid? (laughs) (laughs) It's impossible. Invalid premise, don't have to answer.
1: Thank you guys for your final thoughts. I really appreciate that, and also thank you for supporting me on this really shaky host of Lord no. of War. No, nah. no, nah. excellent host. I wasn't fishing for compliments, truly. But let's let's move on to our yes or no segment. We have very few segments as spoilers podcasts, but yes or no is one of our oldest things that we will always do forever. We're going the same order we started the podcast with. Westeros, Kylo, out in Simi Valley. Yes or no?
2: For Lord of War. This is Corey, Kylo Ren memes. I am going to give this a soft yes. Ooh. So this movie is okay. Okay. I've said this before I don't like when movies are okay but it's it's good enough like in the uh, mid range margin it's all about the margins baby uh, it, but it's good <laughs> enough for me to give it this soft yes like it's, it's not a boring movie it is very long um, it's interesting it's maybe trying to sway me potentially in a way that I don't like fully jump on board with again with like kind of like enjoying this ride. This is a movie that I don't particularly need to ever watch again, and I don't feel like I needed to rewatch it this time. I mean, aside from doing the podcast, but like that aside, just like as a watch, you know, we we do a lot of movies on this podcast and sometimes I sit down and I watch it and I'm like, really glad I saw that for the first time or really glad I rewatched that. It's been too long, I forgot how cool it was or you know, maybe with like even Avatar. There's elements that I appreciate on a rewatch that I kind of like forgot about. You know, I have it sitting in a certain place in my mind and, uh, you know, I get to rewatch it and kind of like, I don't know, reassess where it's placed in my mind. And with this one, you know, I think I I saw this movie in rehab, which is like also maybe a, a, a thing that slightly impacts this because, you know, rehab movies is, I don't know, it kind of felt like they were never really good, the movies we watched in rehab. So, like, if I saw it in rehab, it's kind of, like, lumped into the, like, kind of, like, okay or bad area in my mind. So, I don't know. It sits with me in an awkward place just due to my personal experience. But, you know, the movie itself, I think, is uh, is best when we see other characters other than uh, Nick Cage. Even though he's charming and everything, he's, you know, but he's just a little bit... Uh, uninteresting uh, by and large but the people he surrounds himself with are are far more interesting like his brother than the the baptists and such uh you know i don't got much else to say it's it's fine i guess <laughs> good final word
1: it's fine i guess <laughs>
4: should they be showing you movies where they're smoking ukraine shaped coke well i was going to ask did they did they
5: did they have this in rehab specifically because a character goes to rehab? Is that like... or it was-
2: No, it's like one of those things at night, like in the TV room, like put on a movie, you know? And when they tried to make you go to rehab, did you say, no,
4: no, no? Ugh. Try again. Heard that one? No, it's fine. Heard that one <laughs> <It's> before? <fine. laughs> that was rude
1: and weird. I'll go next. This is Josh no, from No, it Sh- was
4: hilarious and amazing. <laughs> yeah. F you. What are you talking about?
1: This is Josh from Goshen. I'll give this movie a soft to middling yes. I get this was what this movie is trying to do. I think it's pretty educational, actually, as a movie. Although, I think it comes across a little try hard. I appreciate big ideas. At some points, it gets a little like too much. You got like the idea of addiction and like. Guns, rights, you have international wars. Like there's just so many things and themes flying around. It's fun, but I think if you get too deep into it, it it might fall apart a little bit. But as a movie itself, and just like the watching experience, like I said, it's a it's a yes. And I think if you generally enjoy the opening sequence where a bullet is being pressed from like tin metal to looking through a scope to shooting someone that really is like the movie in a microcosm and i i think it's kind of an interesting thing it's something that's true to what's happening on earth so i'm giving it that yes to soft yes happy
5: yeah i'll give this a yes i think this is a good movie it's not a great movie um Yeah, it feels like an airplane movie in a lot of ways. It feels like a time filler movie. I'm never bored when I'm (laughs) watching this movie, but I don't know know if I'm getting a lot out of it either at the same time. The editing is weird but cool. Like, I like it, but I don't know if it, like, all comes together. Like, I really like the opening intro, um, even though it doesn't look great. Now, I just think it's, like, a cool creative concept, but it also just feels tacked on in weird kind of in context and like the same thing with like the stop motion or the uh, time lapse dismantling of the plane um, I really like Jared Leto in this and I don't like Jared Leto in general um, but he's awesome in this movie really good performances all around um, wish we would have done taxi driver Josh you shouldn't have pivoted but I will give this a a solid yes and topical so we'll get those clicks the
1: pitch
4: Needs medicine, my lord. Ooh. <laughs> Alright. I guess I'll go. Go for it, Brett. Yeah, I'll give this movie a yes. Not a soft yes, not a solid yes, just a yes. I enjoyed it. I don't I think this is a uh an occasion where the narration did work. I thought it worked fine. Uh I do like Jared Leto a lot, and I thought he was really good in this movie. I didn't I don't get the casting of Ian Holm and having him do almost nothing. I don't really understand that, but that's whatever. I thought Nick Cage was good. I didn't like the little thing at the end. I like We're talking this whole time about not justifying anything they do, but like I feel like that tack on about, oh, these are the five members of the UN, I think that's dumb and they're trying to make themselves feel better but i don't know but other than that it's fine uh, i'm with cory though i don't see myself watching this movie again but it's a good watch so i give it a yes
1: thanks y'all do you do you all have any like ideas on what kind of food Spoilery food that could be Lord of War,
5: brown brown,
4: Sh- shellfish, <laughs> or the how about the brookster whatever he was making?
2: No, oh, perfect.
4: perfect. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Because it wasn't great, but it
1: wasn't it was bad. Some sort of like beet cold soup or something. I look that
2: up. Is hmm.
1: What? Yeah. What did you just say? Uh, fishy swat? It's the
2: soup that uh, Batman has in Batman Returns. It's fishy swasa.
1: <laughs> trivia. Uh, You guys ready for it? You ready for some trivia?
5: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
1: If you're new to spoilers and you just are Googling Lord of War podcast, I love Victor Bout, and you clicked on this, <laughs> I want to <laughs> explain something to you. We do trivia at the end of every episode, and whoever wins the trivia between Kylo, Pappy, and Brett gets to pick the next movie that we review. <gasps> it's
2: simple, and it's fair. It's simple, and it's fair. <laughs> We're going to play. I hope it's Young Guns Quotes, because I will dominate. No, it's not, and I would love to go to oh. Young Guns Quote. I would love to
1: do that just generally as <laughs> well. Like every trivia that I do, <laughs> but I'm gonna call this trivia script tease. Mm. I thought hey. I thought Brett might like that. We've played something similar.
3: Mm.
1: I'm gonna tell you, featuring Demi Moore. I'm gonna tell you a term, but Reynolds actually, I will tell you a word and I want you to tell me how many times that word shows up in the original script. One thing that's kind of mm. tricky is that oh, man. you might have to account for a handful of times it being in like the description.
2: Oh, the old control F. Because yes. it's a script, right, right. All right. Hold on, I'm going to fire up Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what does Elden Ring have to do with that? I think he's making
4: a uh, allusion to you in the trivia and how he doesn't like it. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. And you were gonna go fire up Elden Ring?
2: Remember I, I went to Indiana one time, Josh. And Yes. All right. No, anyway, tell me. Go on. Tell me. You drove to the airport. Well, Remember you were like, oh, I'm gonna lose trivia. <laughs> Let me go turn on Elden Ring.
4: Yeah, but that was Brother Jordan's trivia. Plus, Corey and it was and I shitty. Like, we like trivia. We like <laughs> we don't like guessing games as much as trivia actual trivia.
1: I don't think this is actual but, trivia. This is not a guessing game.
5: I like it. Is it just one word or are there multiple?
1: I think we each get a word. Let's hear him out. No, 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 no. It's it's way more democratic than that. And one of the things that I, that really drew me to sticking with this trivia was this little fact. At the end of the movie, do you remember what Nick Cage's last quote is? And I'll go ahead and add this in the edit here.
0: You know who's going to inherit the earth? Arms dealers. Because everyone else is too busy killing each other. That's the secret to survival. Never go to war. Especially with yourself.
4: I think he says, that's (sighs) high praise.
2: Don't tread on me. I don't know.
1: In the movie, he says, it's important never to go to war with yourself.
5: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. in the script, he says, I what's important is that I never went to war with myself. That's kind of interesting. Everything else I've read in the script has been verbatim, but I just wanted to point out there is slight differences.
5: Does that last line make any sense? Like, what does that mean?
1: Let's not listen. We already did, we already did final thoughts, Babs. all right. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so this is uh. This is the closest to game, but we'll uh, we'll accrue points and whoever has the least points at the end of these four terms will win. It's kind of like golf. Whoever has the least amount of points at the end of these four rounds wins. Kylo, you're going to go first. The first term we have is how many times does cocaine show up In the script,
2: hmm, my favorite Eric Clapton song is that in the script? That's my answer. (laughs) Um, I'm gonna say 18. Eight,
4: that's what I was gonna say. Brett, this is about closest to or like how close? What the golf this is
1: uh, this is it, only round one of f- four or five or something so
4: okay so I'll say seven the
1: correct answer the correct answer. Cocaine shows up in the script 12 times.
4: Oh. it's very
1: very close. Pappy you were the closest I'm, four strokes and Kylo I'm you second. had six strokes I'm second and Brett, you're in between with five. I got it under control. You're mm. fine. You're fine. Next term, and we'll start with breath this time. It's a country. We've mentioned it a few times on this pod. It's the
4: Ukraine. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And and all of its variants, or just Ukraine? Ukraine. Okay. Oh man. Um. Sixty-three. Happy.
5: Okay, I'm gonna factor in the script notes for. He outlines cocaine in the shape of Ukraine, um, which probably added a couple, 12. Kylo. 20.
4: Oh, man, I'm going to be way off, aren't I? Brett, you managed to pick up 50 strokes.
1: The correct answer was 13. Pappy, you're a one off. Kylo, you're a seven off.
5: Almost a hole in one.
1: Very good guess. There's three more categories. Ever, anyone has a chance still. Pappy, you're up first, so I'd say you'd have the disadvantage this round, but the word is
5: automatic. Um, 20? Well, I don't know. 18.
2: Kylo. 22.
4: Brett. I mean, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do here. Um... I think they say auto a bunch of times. Uh, I don't know, 31. I don't think it's that high, but I gotta try something.
1: Automatic is said or spelled out zero times in the script. So it's a bit of a trick question. So Pappy, you actually said the lowest number, 18. You won that round. A little bit of chance for redemption here. Pappy, 25. Kylo, 35. Brett, 86. The next word is gun. Kylo, you're first. 58. Brett.
5: 112.
1: 57. Hold on a second. Brett's was just so far off. I'm trying to like get the math. Down. <laughs> what what did you, so you s- didn't, what did you, you say, say bro? You yes, control, control F.
4: Dude, I thought there's not that many. Well, then that should pick up best your pick up guns too.
1: No, just the word gun. Whatever. What was your guess? 112. 12
2: is what I
5: 12. said. 12.
2: Oh, he said 112. Yeah, one, oh, did you actually say just 12? No. No. Oh. So the
1: correct answer the word gun is only said 30 times in this movie
4: what a pussy script <laughs> oh
1: my gosh kylo you had 28 strokes on that pappy 29 and brett 82. so not too much significance as far as the movement overall but we do have one last term, and it's something that i cracked it's something that i cracked on early in this podcast but they seem to make it so clear that yes Jared Leto and Nick Cage are brothers, okay? We we know they're not brothers in real life, but they're brothers in the movie. They say it a bunch of times, said in the script. They both say it out loud.
5: How okay, many? so it's
1: more than one. How many times? Yes, it's not a zero trick answer. How many times is brother in the script, Pappy?
4: Nine thousand. <laughs> Wait, no, it is. Brett. I'm, joking, Brett is, I'm joking. I think
1: Brett should be first.
4: No, I should go second. Last.
1: Okay, Pappy, you're up.
5: 18. Okay. Scaredy.
1: Kylo. Four. Brett.
4: 39.
1: The correct answer is 29 times. A little bit fewer than I thought it should be. Pappy, that puts you in the winner's circle here. You're all alone. You get to pick the next movie for spoilers. Off the Um, schnut. Just off the hip. Do you think I should do it's like a trivia like that? Or do you want me to do like the thing where I do like accents? with like the streets and shit like that
5: I like the streets or D&D to decide them all like those are (laughs) some of your greatest hits
1: if
4: we're gonna do D&D we're starting at 8 o'clock
1: 8 o'clock a.m. anyway let's toss it over to spoiler man for a really quick break and then we'll get back here and Pappy you'll choose a movie for us to cover next week right yes that's the idea alright take it away spoiler man
0: Special thank you to our patrons Druid King. Why'd you do that? Matt Troll. Brother Brian. It's okay, they're talking. Nick. Curious how you always revert to your native tongue in moments of extreme anger. The Meg. I thought you were supposed to be watching out for these people. David.
3: David.
0: Nurse Stacy. It's the
1: Kono, it's not the crystal. Kono, K O N O. The wolf. Is it clean?
0: Barkey 420. There is no substitute for the six inches of muzzle energy of the 357 Magnum, and of course, it will never jam. Davey Kerr. A used gun.
5: That's a good one.
0: <laughs> Total movie recall. What did you say? Spencer. You know, there is no discipline with the youth today. I try to set an example, but it is difficult,
3: eh? PK!
0: Personally, I blame MTV to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts. Please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast.
1: Uh, Pappy, did you happen to think of a movie that would be good for us to cover next week on spoilers?
5: Yes. Um... I haven't picked a movie that I haven't seen in a long time. Um, And this showed up in our letterbox stats. We actually, we don't have like any of our little circles filled in for like top 250 women directors or movies directed by women of all time. Um, This is also on that list. So we should like fill in that circle for our stats. But I'm going to go with uh, the 2000, Brett's Boy, Christian Bale. We're going to pump up Willem Dafoe. Go back-to-back back Jared Leto, uh, American Psycho.
4: Ooh. And you, oh my gosh, this is so up your alley, dude.
5: I've never seen it. It's like one of the top like, I know, it's... ranked movies, like most seen on Letterboxd that I haven't seen. So I'm pretty excited.
4: It's good. It's like black, dark comedy. Like I laughed out loud it a few times, but cool.
1: I hate to say it but pap that was my episode and now it's up to you to take it away and toss
5: thank you for that run of patrons i know it was a long time since we've done the movie game um i think we still have like one left that we need to do um but then we might cycle back through the patreons or something we'll figure something out um we also need to get a couple more of those in in in-person episodes so thank you for listening That was spoilers.
0: Despite the other women, I always made love to Ava as if she was the only one. That was spoilers.